All right, welcome into the Ride On Sports Podcast. It is just me today, Gabe Myers, and I'm going to do a little NBA playoff preview as we get the playoffs starting tomorrow. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and jump right into it. We'll start in the Western Conference here. This is, to be honest, the East does not excite me as much as the West does. I think the West has some very good teams, some very interesting matchups, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. So we'll start number one seed in the West, the LA Lakers, taking on the Eighth-seeded Portland Trailblazers, thanks to the play-in and the bubble games. Damian Lillard winning the bubble MVP award. And there's a lot of um, a lot of hype going into this series. A lot of people think the Blazers have a real shot against the Lakers. And we've talked about it a little bit on the show where I thought of all the eight-seed contenders, the Blazers are, you know, probably the most interesting matchup for L.A. because the Lakers don't have... They don't have the guards that the Blazers do, obviously, with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. I think the loss of Avery Bradley for the Lakers does hurt. But I think we're forgetting the Lakers were the best team in the Western Conference in the regular season this year. The Lakers still have LeBron James, who is, if not the best and the second best player in the world right now. Um, And the Blazers have nobody for them with Trevor Ariza not in the bubble. They're going to be relying on Carmelo Anthony, who's never been a good defender in his career. Mario Hazonia, who is really a replacement level player, and Gary Trent Jr., who, while he's been really good in the bubble, is only six foot four. Um, the Blazers don't have anybody for LeBron. And the Blazers just all in all are not a good defensive team. If you watch their last several games, I mean Memphis was picking them apart in a seeding game. I mean the Nets without Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant, you know, with their best player being Karis Levert, who has really popped in the bubble. The Nets put up like 130 points on them. I mean, a lot of these teams, the Kings did damage to them. Um, The Blaze, the 76ers without Ben Simmons, who, you know, aren't really a good shooting team, they did damage to the Blazers. The Blazers are not good defensively, and I don't think they don't have, they're not going to be able to stop LeBron. They're not going to be able to stop Anthony Davis. I, it's a good storyline. The Blazers and Damian Lillard has been awesome. But the Blazers are the eighth seed for a reason. They have no one for Anthony Davis. They have absolutely no one to defend LeBron James. I think it's going to be a pretty short series. The Blazers are entertaining, but they're just, they don't have an answer. I'm going to say the Lakers win in five over Portland. Wouldn't be surprised it's a sweep. Maybe Dame Lillard gets hot and he gets two games off the Lakers, but I think it's going to be a pretty short series. I mean, the Lakers are a number one seed for a reason. LeBron's going to turn it on, and the Blazers have nobody for him. I expect Lakers in five. They'll move on to the next round. Now let's go to the 4-5 matchup that I find the most intriguing, probably of all the first-round matchups in the playoffs. The Houston Rockets against the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, Russell Westbrook against his old team. But Westbrook's not going to be there the first um, the first part of the series, at least. Probably for at least the first couple of games. Definitely the first game. Westbrook won't be there, and this is problematic for the Rockets because when the Rockets traded away Clint Capella, they completely changed their style of basketball to accommodate Russell Westbrook because Capella was taking up space in the paint and they got Capella out of there so Westbrook could go and drive to the rim relentlessly with shooters all around him. Now without Russell Westbrook, while James Harden, this can work for him, the Rockets, they they have no rim protector. They don't have the rim scoring that Russ provided. The Rockets really don't score at the rim much outside of Russell Westbrook. And now, instead of having two shot creators, you only have one. I think this is very problematic for the Rockets. Combined with OKC, you know, Chris Paul is a Dark Horse MVP candidate. I think the fact that he's not a finalist for the MVP is a bit of a joke. I mean, no one had OKC in the playoffs, and now they're the fifth seed in the Western Conference. That's attributed to nothing but the greatness of Chris Paul. But they also have Shea Gillard, Alexander, a really good young player that Chris Paul has taken under his wing this year. 
Um, he's going to be a problem for Houston. I'm not sure the Rockets have guys that can really defend him. They don't have anybody to prevent Steven Adams from dominating the glass and the paint. Um, and the Thunder, they're going to be able to get to the rim and score with the with you know with Shea Gilgis Alexander, with Chris Paul dishing, with Steven Adams in the paint. The Rockets are not going to have that paint scoring at least early in the series. And when Russ does come back, is he going to be 100%? I'm calling an upset here, and I've loved the Rockets as a potential problem for the Lakers. If you listen to the podcast, I, I think the Rockets present problems to the Lakers. But without Russell Westbrook, I don't think this Rockets team as currently constituted can really function. I'm calling upset. I have the Oklahoma City Thunder beating the Rockets in six games. CP3 been underrated his whole career. His time with Houston ended a little bit tumultuously. I think he exacts his revenge on the Houston Rockets. I have the Oklahoma City Thunder in six over Houston. Russell Westbrook for the fourth straight year without Kevin Durant gets bounced in the first round. Won't be entirely his fault, but I just think the Rock. I think the Rockets without a without a without an available without a healthy Russell Westbrook, the way their team is built, that is a huge problem, and I don't think enough people are talking about it. Now let's move to the three six matchup. We have the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz, the battle for the Rocky Mountain time zone. Um, and a story came out today: Mike Conley left the bubble for the birth of his son. Um, congratulations to Mike Conley, you know, ha- having a baby boy. But this presents a problem for the Utah Jazz in the series. Even if Mike Conley comes back tomorrow, he still has to quarantine for four more days. He's going to miss, at minimum, the first few games of the series, probably the entire series, to be honest with you. I don't know what the situation is, but, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. The man just, you know, he had a son. You know, that's a big life moment for him. But on the basketball court for the Utah Jazz, this is a problem. That combined with Bogdan Bogdanovich, you know, their best outside shooter, not being in the bubble altogether because of a surgery he had during the coronavirus period. I don't think the Jazz have enough offense. And then that combined with Rudy Gobert this season, whenever the Jazz played the Nuggets, Rudy Gobert got absolutely dominated by Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic is a huge problem for the Jazz, and the Thunder have too much offensive firepower, I think. We've seen the emergence of Michael Porter Jr. here in the bubble, kind of mitigating the loss of you know Gary Harris, who is yet to play in the bubble. Jamal Murray is finally back and healthy, and he's playing well. I think this is a short series. I think the Nuggets win in five games over the Jazz. I don't think – I just don't think the Jazz have the firepower to keep up with the Nuggets, who – with Jokic and now Michael Porter Jr., who's playing like an all-star – you know, the the Nuggets are an offensive juggernaut. The Jazz, they're not as great defensively as they have been in years past, and they don't have the offensive firepower to keep up. I think a short series, I'm going to say Nuggets in five. I wouldn't even be surprised if it was a sweep, quite honestly. And then we go to the uh, to the 2-7 matchup in the West, the L.A. Clippers and, and the Dallas Mavericks. I love Dallas. I love, you know, Luka Doncic. I love Chris Stapps Porzingis. The problem is that is their entire team. The Mavs have no wing defenders, and we are playing Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That is a problem. Luka Doncic is going to be thrown, you know, it's going to be good defender after good defender after good defender thrown at Luka, at Luka Doncic with Kawhi and Paul George and Marcus Morris and Patrick Beverly. Reggie Jackson's a decent defender. The Clippers have so many guys that are going to be able to throw at Luka. If the Mavs have any chance in this series, Porzingis at his size, 7-3, is going to need to dominate Ivica Zubac and whatever, you know, Montrez Harrell, who just got back to the bubble, and I think will be ready to go in the playoffs. Um, but he, you know, he hasn't played and he didn't do any of the seeding games, none of the scrimmages. He didn't practice much. So we'll see how long it takes him to round in the form. 
But this is a horrible matchup for the Mavericks. They don't have the wing defenders. Luka is going to be this is going to be the heart. This is going to this is a t- a rough introduction to the playoffs for Luka Doncic, who is an awesome awesome player. Um, I think he'll win MVPs in his future. But the Mavs don't have the depth. They don't have wing defenders. Kawhi and Paul George will have their way the entire series. I think it's a sweep. I think the Clippers win in four. I just don't think Dallas has any answer for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Now let's move to the East. In the 1-8 matchup over there, the Bucks play the Magic. I'm not going to waste too much time on this. The Bucks will sweep Orlando. The Magic just don't have that much talent, and the Bucks have a lot of it, and I don't think I need to go much further than that. I'm going to say in a Milwaukee sweep, maybe it goes five if the Bucks take a game off, but I, it's hard for me to see the Magic causing any problem for the Bucks. Um We'll go now to the 4-5 matchup, Heat and Pacers. I think this is the most interesting series in the first round in the Eastern Conference. I think um, Indiana, it's tough. They don't have one of their all-stars, Domantas Sabonis. I uh, I butchered the name there. The first name there, but Sabonis, who was averaging, you know, 19 and 9 this season. Not having him is going to be a real problem for the Pacers. I'm not sure they have I mean they can't replace that inside scoring. I like I like their guards with Malcolm Brogdon and Victor Oladipo. Um and I really like the Heat as well. Bam Adebayo, first time All-Star. Or uh, they have some good young players, uh, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. I think it's a bit of an intriguing series, both well-coached teams with uh, Nate McMillan and um, Eric Spolstra. But I think the difference is the best player in this series is Jimmy Butler. And I think without Sabonis, you know, the Heat have two all-stars. The Pacers now are down to just one. I think the Heat are a little bit more talented. I think it's an interesting back-and-forth series. These two teams actually played twice in the last week, so it's weird now having to go into a best-of-seven series against each other. But without Sabonis, I don't know if the Pacers have enough firepower. And Jimmy Butler is just going to be the best player in this series. I'm going to say the Heat in six. The Pacers have kind of proven people wrong all year, getting, you know, getting the four seed in the East, being in the playoffs, you know, Oladipo. Oh, has been, you know, he's been a revelation for them. And Malcolm Brogdon's a really, really good player. And Sabonis was surprisingly an all-star this year. But he's not there. And I just don't think the Pacers, I think they're going to play Miami very tough. But I think they don't have, they're not going to have enough scoring to beat Miami. Miami, one of the best shooting teams in the league with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Jimmy Butler's the best player on the floor. Heat and six over to Pacers. Now I'll go to the 3-6 matchup. We got the Celtics and the Sixers. I would have been much more interested in this series if Ben Simmons was playing, but he's not. And Joel Embiid has always struggled against um, against Boston. That was with Al Horford, and Horford does now play for the Sixers. But that's been a weird fit all year. I think Horford's now even coming off the bench despite making like you know almost thirty million dollars in Philadelphia. He's been coming off the bench in some spots. Um, but Embiid always struggles against Boston. No Ben Simmons. You know, Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson do, do give, you know, Philadelphia some shooting, but do they have, they don't have anyone that's the level of playmaker of Ben Simmons. I wrote down Celtics in five, but I'm really thinking a Celtics sweep here over the Sixers. I don't, the, the Sixers have no answer for Jason Tatum. I don't think they have an answer for Jalen Brown. Brad Stevens runs circles around Brett Brown as a coach. I'm going to say Celtics in a sweep. I just don't think Philly has any kind of answer for him. I think this series could be compelling if Ben Simmons was playing, but he's not. So I'm going to say the Celtics in a sweep. They make quick work of the Sixers. And then we go to the uh, 2-7 matchup, the Raptors and the Nets. I'm going to say the Raptors in five. The Nets have played very well in the bubble. You know, Karis LeVert has been awesome. 
Um, and Jock Vaughn has shown that he can really, really coach. Um, I think the Raptors, I think the Nets will take a game off them, and the Raptors just always lose their first game in the playoffs, like in franchise history. Um, so I think the Nets will take a game off them, but ultimately there's Raptors, too much firepower, Pascal Siakam, Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Fleet, Kyle Lowry, um, OG Anunobi. That's, you know, really good, deep, talented team. Too much firepower, and I think Raptors coach Nick Nurse is the best coach in the NBA playoffs. So for, for so in the Eastern Conference, I have – the Bucks sweeping, the Heat beating the Pacers in six, the Celtics over the Sixers in a sweep, and the Raptors beating the Nets in five. In the West, I have the Lakers beating the Blazers in five games, the Thunder upsetting the Rockets in six, the Nuggets beating the Jazz in five, and the Clippers sweeping the Dallas Mavericks. Now we move on to the second round. First second round series I'll touch on is out in the West again. We got the Lakers and the Thunder. So I think if the Rockets can find a way to beat the Thunder, I think the Rockets can make things very interesting because the Lakers do not shoot the ball well, and the Rockets shoot the ball exceptionally well. But I don't think the Rockets are going to beat the Thunder, and I think the Thunder match up very well with the L.A. Lakers. I'm going to say the Lakers win in five. I think the Thunder outside of Chris Paul, a little too green, too young, with you know Shea Gillagis Alexander being a key player on their team. Gallinari is a good player, but he's not, you know, who – Again, who do the Thunder have to guard LeBron? I don't really think they have anybody. Um, I mean, Steven Adams, you know, can maybe give Anthony Davis some problems. But Davis is ultimately a better player. He's going to get his points. He's going to do what he does. The Thunder don't have – they have really good guards. They don't have wings. The Lakers have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I think they're going to have their way with a pretty green OKC team in the playoffs. I just – I like the Thunder. I love Chris Paul. I don't think they're really going to have much of a shot against, you know, a veteran-laden Lakers team. I think LeBron has his way. Anthony Davis does what he does. Lakers in five over to Thunder. I think CP3's experience gets the Thunder one game. I think he'll have one spectacular game. And the Lakers will have an off-shooting night because they're just not a very good shooting team. So I think that Chris Paul will be enough to get the Thunder one game. But quick, quick series for the Lakers. They move on in five. They're in the Western Conference Finals. And then Clippers, Nuggets, I think now that the Spurs are out, these are my two favorite teams in the playoffs. Um, the Clippers and Nuggets, uh, this is interesting because I don't think the Clippers have an answer for Nikola Jokic. Zubac has been fine in the bubble, but he's not really a defensive guy. Um, for the Clippers' sake, they should not play Joe Kim Noah in any kind of playoff game because he is just not a good NBA player at this point in his career. Um, Denver's going to be healthier. Maybe Gary Harris comes back. Uh, Jamal Murray will have his legs completely underneath him. And, they've, you know, Michael Porter Jr. has really come on in the bubble. Uh, but he's going to have a tough time with Kawhi and Paul George primarily defending him in this series. I think it's going to be a bit of a wake-up call for him. I think he had a slow series. I think Jokic does give the Clippers a ton, a ton of problems. I don't think the Clippers have much of an answer for him. And the Nuggets are so good shooting. Jokic so good passing the ball. I think the Nuggets make this a very interesting series. But ultimately... Who do the Clippers have to defend Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? I just don't think they really have. Porter, very good offensively. He ha he does some nice thing defense nice things defensively, but he's not that, you know, really good high level one-on-one -on -one defender. Um and I think that hurts him in, that hurts him in the series. They need someone that can, you know, defend Kawhi one-on-one, -on -one, defend Paul George one-on-one. -on -one. They don't have that um Tory Craig is decent, but he, you know, you can't rely on him to consistently get stops against scores as you know as high a level as Kawhi and Paul George um I think the Clippers their wings are too much Jokic will be awesome but I don't think it will be enough they're gonna need 
Michael Porter to really step up, and I don't think against Kawhi and Paul George he's capable of doing that at this point in his career. Jamal Murray is very good, but I don't think he can be your second-best player on you know a championship contending team and I think he's gonna have to be this series I don't think he's that level of a player and you know it's Kawhi Paul George and a depth of talent of the Clippers I think it's too much I'm gonna say the Clippers in six over the Nuggets it's gonna be an interesting series but I think once the Clippers kind of figure out once the Nuggets throw everything at them I don't think they're gonna be able to adjust to the Clippers just depth of talent um now so I have Clippers Lakers in the conference finals out in the west now let's go to the east Bucks and Heat, and I think a lot of people see this. They're going to pencil in the Bucks, just, you know, easily moving on to the conference finals. Miami, in this regular season, did an exceptionally good job of defending Giannis. Uh, Bam Adebayo, a first-time All-Star this year, with his size at six foot ten and his strength, if you look at Bam, he's an incredibly strong dude. Um, and his quickness and his ability to protect the rim, he gave Giannis problems. And Eric Spolstra is a very, very good coach. I think we're in for a long series here. I think Miami's going to cause some problems for Milwaukee. Miami has some versatility on their roster. Um, Jimmy Butler is a very, very good player. I'm not sure the Bucks have an answer to really slow him down. And Jim, what Jimmy Butler is is what the Heat are. They're tough. That is Miami's identity. They're going to make life very tough on the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Milwaukee, they you know kind of. You know, in the bubble, the games didn't mean much to them because they were already the number one seed in the East. They already, you know, had the best record in the NBA, so they didn't really turn it on. And they're going to be playing the Magic in the first round, and the Magic are just kind of a meh team. Like, they're not very good at Bucks. We'll be able to sleepwalk through that round. This is going to be a wake-up call for Milwaukee. I think the Heat take a couple games off them here. If Milwaukee's not, um, if they're not on their, you know, if they're not ready, Miami could beat them in the series. What is also interesting is Miami, one of the best shooting teams in the NBA. Milwaukee beats a lot of people, not just with Giannis, but with their ability to shoot the basketball around Giannis. Miami can shoot as well as anybody in the NBA. This is a very interesting series. I do think that the Bucks win. I think they'll win in six games. But this is a very interesting series. There's going to be a lot of close games. Miami might even jump ahead 2-1 in the series. I think Miami presents some interesting problems for Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee, their talent ultimately just push them through i believe in you know in the nba i believe talent wins you you know you can have great x's and o's but it's about the jimmies and the joes you got to have the talent in the nba i think the bucks are a more talented team but the heat will give them a lot of problems and now the last second round series in the east the toronto raptors and the boston celtics this is an interesting series i think you have probably the two best coaches in the playoffs in nick nurse and brad stevens um jason tatum pascal siakam two really exciting young players I think the series comes down to does Fred Van Vliet play well? If Fred Van Vliet can play can play well for the Raptors, be that kind of third scorer for them, I think the Raptors win. If not, the Celtics will win. And Van Vliet has struggled this year against Marcus Smart. But I think Nick Nurse is the best coach in in the playoffs right now. Maybe even the best coach in basketball. I think Boston is too small in the paint for Toronto's front court with Marc Gasol, Pascal Siakam, and Serge Ibaka. I think the series will be Pascal Siakam's coming out party as a potential superstar in the NBA. I just don't think Boston has anybody that can really handle him. And OG Anunoby is one of the best defenders that no one really knows about. I think he's going to limit Jason Tatum's effectiveness. I think we're going to have a great back-and-forth series. This could end up being the best series in all of the playoffs just from a ba- like as a standpoint from a basketball fan. I'm going to take the Raptors in seven games. I think they'll do just enough to beat the Celtics. It's going to be a very interesting series. I kind of went back and forth on it. I'm going to take 
the Toronto Raptors in seven games over to Boston Celtics get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm very much looking forward to that series, though. So now let's go back. Let's go to the Western Conference Finals. We got the Clippers in the Lakers. The Battle of L.A. is kind of what we've been building towards all year. As soon as Kawhi signed with the Clippers and Paul George went with them, this is what we were looking forward to is, okay, Clippers-Lakers Conference Finals. We've been building to this all year. Then Corona happened. We didn't know if we were going to get a season. Now we're getting it. They'll meet in the Conference Finals. Before the season, I picked the Clippers to get to the Finals, and I'm sticking with that right here. I think the Clippers are too much for the Lakers. Losing Avery Bradley does hurt the Lakers. And what, what really hurts the Lakers – is they don't have enough shooting. You know, LeBron is not – he's a capable three-point shooter, but he's not a really good – like he's not, you know, a high-level shooter. Uh, Anthony Davis, you know, can knock down some open ones, but you're not – if he's one of your better shooters, you're kind of in trouble. Really, their only high-level shooter is Danny Green. I mean, are they going to rely on J.R. Smith to play big playoff minutes and come off the bench with his shooting? If they do, I think that's going to be pretty problematic. Um, I think the Clippers with – Kawhi and Paul George I think LeBron you know LeBron will defend one of them but what about the other guy do they have you know defensively can they handle those two I think Anthony Davis will have good numbers but like Anthony Davis is not a primetime player he does not show up in the fourth quarter and take over games that is LeBron's job and the Clippers are better suited to guard LeBron than anybody else in the league I think the Clippers, they just have too much firepower. I think Kawhi will hit some big shots in the series. The Lakers do not shoot the ball well enough. And ultimately, the Clippers just have more good players. You have to have talent to win in this league. And the Clippers, just with more good players, I think they beat the Lakers in six games. I just don't think LeBron has enough around him to go on a championship run and get his fourth title this year. I'm picking Kawhi Leonard to get back into the finals with the L.A. Clippers with his third different franchise this year. Now let's move over to the Eastern Conference, Bucks and Raptors. Last year, Nick Nurse with Kawhi Leonard figured something out, you know, how to defend Giannis Antetokounmpo, and it worked tremendously. Nick Nurse, he really figured out, you know, building a wall is what they called it around Giannis, and they don't have Kawhi. The Raptors don't this year, but OG Ananobi is a really good defender. I think they're going to employ the same kind of tactic, and I think it's going to give the Bucks problems again. Nick Nurse, he is the best coach in maybe in basketball right now, maybe even over Popovich at this point in Pop's career. Um... Nick, Nick Nurse has just done such a great job with the Raptors all year defensively. He's going to employ a lot of different tactics that are going to, you know, it's going to fluster Milwaukee a bit. Um, and Fl- Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry last year, that really small backcourt for Toronto, was very effective against Milwaukee in their size in the backcourt, surprisingly. Um, they could have that same effectiveness again this year. And the Raptors can match the Bucks' size and shooting. Very few teams can, but the Raptors with Pascal Siakam and Serge Ibaka and Gasol, all those guys can knock down threes. Combined with OG Anunoby, who's just a really good all-around player, the Raptors can match the Bucks' shooting. But last year for the Raptors, Kawhi Leonard was that guy. I love Pascal Siakam, but he is not that guy. He is not that alpha in the room. I don't think the Bucks or I don't think the Raptors have that alpha to take the big shots, to take over games late. Kawhi was that guy last year. The Raptors don't have him this year. And I think in this series, that's the undoing. Giannis is that guy for Milwaukee. I think he finally breaks through and gets to the finals. I think he will be, you know, he could struggle a little bit early in the series. He's gonna need some help from Chris Middleton, a little bit of help from Eric Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez. But I think eventually Giannis figures it out. He takes over the series, and I'm going to take the Bucks in seven games over Toronto. Um, I think Giannis is 
again, just best player on the floor. I think the talent outside of Giannis is pretty even on both sides. I think Nick Nurse is an outstanding coach. But I think the overwhelming, you know, physical dominance of Giannis Antetokounmpo just powers the Bucks to the NBA Finals. Where he meets his nemesis, Kawhi Leonard, in the L.A. Clippers. And I think in this series, Giannis is great. But he does not have the Robin to his Batman. Chris Middleton is a really good player. I don't think he's, you know, he's not what Dwayne Wade was to LeBron. He's not what Scottie Pippen was to Jordan. He's not, you know, at that stage of his career, what Kobe was to Shaq or Parker was to Duncan. Um, he's not the Robin to Giannis's Batman. Kawhi Leonard is Batman, and he has a hell of a Robin in Paul George. Um, he's just better than Chris Middleton, frankly. And Kawhi is the best defender in basketball. And the Clippers are a team loaded with good defenders, loaded with Kawhi and Paul George and Marcus Morris and Patrick Beverly. This is a really, really good Clippers team. And the Bucks are really, really good too. But I think Kawhi, Kawhi is a better basketball player than Giannis, in my opinion, even though I think Giannis wins the MVP this year. Kawhi is a better basketball player. Kawhi is a better shot maker. Kawhi is a better one-on-one -on -one defender. And just situationally, I think the Clippers are better than the Bucks, and that's what these playoff games are. They come down to situational basketball. And I think the Clippers, they're, they have two, they're the deepest, most talented team in basketball, and they have arguably the best player in the sport, Kawhi Leonard. And I think he this season caps off with Kawhi Leonard lifting another NBA championship and finals MVP trophy with his third different team. I'm going to take the Clippers over the Milwaukee Bucks in six games. Too much talent, too much depth, too much versatility. You know, Doc Rivers, a very, very good coach. I think the Clippers, I think this is the Clippers' year. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, that's my NBA playoff preview. I really, I just think it's the Clippers' year. I think they're the best team in basketball. I, you know, Lakers, I don't think they have enough around LeBron. You know, the Raptors, I really, really like, but they don't have that guy. The Bucks don't have a second star for Giannis. The Celtics are interesting, but I don't think whether, whether they play the Bucks or the Raptors, the Celtics have a pretty small front court. Uh, they don't really have quality big guys, and Toronto is really, really good in the front court. That's why I have. Milwaukee um that's why I have Milwaukee that's why I have Milwaukee or not Milwaukee uh, Toronto beating Boston in the second round the Nuggets are interesting but I don't think Michael Porter Jr. I really like him but I don't think he's ready to be that second star um if the Rockets can overcome that first round against the Thunder watch out for them they're a very interesting team for the Lakers but I think they match up horribly with the Clippers because they have just so many guys that are good defenders on the perimeter where the Rockets get people is they get big guys who are not comfortable defending on the perimeter to defend out there, and that's how they beat teams. The Clippers can match up with the Rockets very, very well, and that's going to be a problem for Houston. I think the Clippers are just a bad matchup for everybody. I don't think there's a team in this postseason that I look at and say, yeah, the Clippers, that's a bad matchup for them. Um, so I'm going to say the Clippers win the NBA title this year. Kawhi Leonard will be the finals MVP. Uh, you know, really cementing his case as, you know, a Hall of Famer and one of the best basketball players of this generation. Uh, so, yeah, that's my NBA playoff preview. Uh, thank you for tuning into the show. Uh, on social media, if you disagree with me, tell me. Tell us what you think on our Ride On Sports Facebook page, on our Instagram, you know, at Ride On underscore sports. Um, and, yeah, I've been Gabe Myers. This is my playoff preview with Ride On Sports.